0: This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Well, hello neighbors, how are we? It's good to see you. You know, I just had the thought, we started this series with Superman, like defeating the enemy, and now we're watching Mr. Rogers for Pete's sakes. We've got something for everybody, people, and just wait till next week because it's going to be another unusual one how are we doing today everybody good all right I need I need honesty this morning who watched mr. Rogers as a kid who anybody y'all do y'all still remember the song We do as well well of course our movie today is a beautiful day in the neighborhood uh, a great movie um, most of us can remember mr. Rogers we remember the song we remember the consistency uh, Regina was actually talking about it this morning you know just the whole thing of putting on the sweater. Um, Putting on his shoes, how he would throw the shoe The second one all the time Uh, But it was just a great show with great memories Something you probably have never heard I don't think dad ever mentioned it One thing that my dad loved to do uh, Is after a really busy day or like stressful day There would be times where we might find him watching Mr. Rogers And you know what he said? He said it just calmed things I mean, it's low-key, right? It just... You can't you can't get angry watching Mister Rogers. It just kind of just kind of calms you down. That was something that Dad used to do actually after stressful days. But it was probably about the cleanest show we could ever find on TV. Started back in 1968 and actually um, ran till about roughly 2001 2002. But it, it's a great show. Um, this was a good movie. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. It was based on a true story. And just to kind of summarize the movie for you. Uh, There was a writer for Esquire magazine. Now, he referenced him just a moment ago by the name of Lloyd Vogel, which was the character's name in the movie. But the actual uh, reporter's name was a guy named Tom Janad. And so this is a real story. Like I said, Esquire magazine assigned him to write a piece on uh, Mr. Rogers. They were doing a full edition on heroes, and that was one of their heroes. Now, this Tom guy had a pretty... Like, not so great reputation. The reason was, is he liked to do investigative reporting, which mainly ended up with negative stories coming out about people. And so they gave him this piece, and he was kind of on a mission to find the real Mr. Rogers. You know, he wasn't really sure if he was legit. But over time, what ended up had it happening was. Um, What was supposed to be just a quick interview ended up becoming multiple visits, and actually a real friendship came out of it. If you watch the movie, and this is supposedly the the real story, uh, actually some really good things ended up happening in Tom's life just because of the influence Mr. Rogers had on him. And he actually saw Mr. Rogers as what he called a hokey kids guy who plays with puppets for a living, (laughs) So it really wasn't his kind of person to do a story on uh, But it ended up being a good thing Whenever the movie was made I don't know, have y'all ever like, seen a movie come out And all of a sudden you get a little nervous Like maybe if it's about somebody you know I was thinking, oh man, this, this might not be good Because I didn't want them to mess up my view of Mr. Rogers as a kid Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you, you don't want to see that he ended up like being a not so nice guy or anything And I was a little concerned But thankfully that was not the case in the movie Uh, Tom Hanks did a really good job I mean he's a phenomenal actor It seemed like he was a little more low key to me uh, Than the real Mr. Rogers Regina and I were talking about this And actually I was watching Mr. Rogers The real one yesterday from 1975 And watching some of his earlier episodes And just kind of comparing the two But it was a really good movie But for everybody uh, who watched Mr. Rogers You could probably see that he was just genuinely a good man Right Right It would be hard to say that you watched the show and, and you didn't feel like he was a good man. In case you didn't know, he was a Christian. As a matter of fact, he was an ordained Presbyterian minister. A lot of folks don't know that, but he was. He was a Presbyterian minister, and he had a fervent belief that everyone needs and deserves love. That's a good belief, isn't it? Everybody needs it and everybody deserves it. And whenever he saw us, he was happy. Whenever I say he saw us, whenever he was looking into that camera, he was speaking to us individually, but also communally or as well as an audience at large. Whenever we watched him, he was loving us individually, but again, as a group. At the same time, no matter what our situation was, he just loved children, didn't he? Whenever he spoke to the camera, His target audience really was everybody. Of course, it was specifically kids as far as how they did the show. But you know what was great is whenever he was just speaking to the camera, so speaking to each home, um, he didn't care about where we lived. He didn't care about what our family looked like. He didn't care about whether we came from poverty or we came from wealth. He didn't care what color we were. Um, He just simply loved. That's it. He just simply loved. And so today we're calling our teaching, Loving Our Neighbor. Can we all say that together? Loving Our Neighbor. Whenever we see what the Word of God has to say about love, we see that that's what Mr. Rogers was actually doing in his show. For instance, John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment. Let's look at these next three words. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. We don't just love people who believe the same way we do. We don't just love people who look like we do. We don't just love people who are from the town that we're from. Jesus here is saying, love each other. That's everybody, amen? Amen. We're supposed to love everyone. Everybody he created. And these are words from Jesus, the man who gave his life for us, the man who took nails for you and I, The man who took nails for those who were actually nailing him to the cross. Come on now. The ones who mocked him, the ones who spit on him. He's saying you need to love everybody else. And y'all, if he can do it, I believe we can do it as well. But as believers, we're supposed to see the world differently than the world does. Whenever I say that, like, of course, the world doesn't love everybody. You notice that? The world loves division, so either you're for me or you're against me. But as believers, we've been called, just like what we read in John, to love everyone. And we may not agree with somebody else, we may not uh, approve of what necessarily they do, but it still doesn't mean that we withhold love from them. We're supposed to still love them, no matter their behavior, no matter their actions, no matter what they may have said to us, no matter what they may have done to us, we still are called to love them. And to love somebody means that we're going to look past what we may not approve of and see them as people made in the image of God. Come on now, every one of us were made in the image of God. And the truth is, is that whenever we have a hard time loving other people, there's a way that we can fix that. And it's to get closer to the source of love. Spend more time with the source of love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from who? From God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. God doesn't just love. God actually is described as love. And as his children, that's what we've all been called to do. And and Mr. Rogers loved everyone else, and that's what Jesus did as well. And uh, let's take a look at this next. Some truth right there. So, so again, in the movie, Lloyd is on this assignment to do a story on Mr. Rogers. And did you notice how Mr. Rogers just completely stopped everything to focus on him as soon as he walked in? Um, by the way, it, it said that uh, Mr. Rogers had actually read all of the articles that Lloyd had done. And so he kind of saw all the negative articles that he had done and he chose him to write on him. You don't know why? He saw an opportunity. He saw an opportunity. But he wanted to make him feel valued. And so as soon as he was there, he just pointed him out. Uh, if you think about it, he really just kind of spotlighted him. He just kind of let everybody know. And he even called him a great writer as well. You ever had those kind of people that just kind of gave you attention whenever you needed it? Listen, there's times whenever we walk through life and we just need somebody to sit down and to just listen, right? Misha and Todd Ambrose. Uh, I remember this story, I can remember the restaurant, I can remember the table we were sitting at whenever they first connected with the church uh, years ago. I mean, we're we're past a decade now that they've been with Church Alive. But I remember sitting down with them, Regina and I, we were talking to them, and and I just asked them, I said, so what is it that you love about the church? Because they were just gung-ho. And they made the statement, or Misha did, she said, whenever we sit down with your parents, she said, we feel as though the world stops and we have their full attention Wow That was one of the things that they really were awesome at Is just, you know, just sitting with people And just spending time with them But a couple of things stood out to me about this clip First of all, uh, Mr. Rogers saw the importance Of making someone feel valued and important He also noticed that, that Lloyd was hurt as well um, A lot of people are hurting And a lot of people need somebody to talk to And y'all, we're those people that can help Uh, the second thing is is that uh in this tent scene it was a good reminder that we need others in our lives right he was right about that plans don't always go the way we hope that they go and y'all it's in times like that that we realize we truly need others come on now we need others in our lives Uh, i want you to know this you may think that you don't need anybody else that you can be mr or mrs independent y'all it will not work out well for you You need other people in your lives. Uh, I'm grateful for everyone here. Listen, y'all are our friends, y'all are our family. I don't know what the Amosons would do if we didn't have this group in our church or in our lives. Y'all encourage us. Whenever we walk through hard times, you're there for us. We all celebrate together. We cry together. We need others in our lives. Amen? We really, really do. Too many times I've heard people, you know, have this attitude or I've seen people have this attitude like, well, they don't need anybody else. No, I I promise you, you do. And it normally comes because they were hurt. It normally comes because they were hurt. And so what what happens is is maybe they're hurt by a parent, maybe they're hurt by an ex, maybe they're hurt um, by a close friend or, or, you know, maybe even in a church. And so they don't want to get emotionally connected to anybody else. And they just want to keep distance. You need people in your life. The Word of God talks to us about that. You need people in your life. And it even happens in churches, unfortunately. Somebody might get hurt by a church. And so if they come to another church, they may just kind of stay at arm's length. They don't want to really get planted. They don't want to get too close because they're afraid they're going to get hurt. Well, you know what? You were hurt by a church, not the church. Amen? And so you need to be able to just move past that and get connected. But you may feel broken based on what you've gone through. But but I hope that you not focus on that, what you've gone through, but focus on the love that God gives you and the love that others give you. And and let's watch this next clip. That was probably a little bit of an awkward minute for him, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, But y'all, I want you to know that's true, isn't it? So many times we focus on maybe those that we've been hurt by and we fail to see everyone who's loved us. It's kind of like whenever we're dealing with a struggle in our life. And y'all have heard me talk about this. Too many times it's like we put the microscope on the, I don't know, 3% of our life that isn't going well and we totally forget about the rest of our life that we're so blessed with. Right? I mean, the, the fact that you got into a car this morning that cranked, the fact that you uh, slept in a home last night that, uh, that had air conditioning. You know, we, we're blessed in a lot of different ways, things that we take for granted a lot of times. And, and you know, it's one of these things to where it's the same way with relationships. There, there may have been a person or two or three or four who hurt you, and maybe they hurt you repeatedly. And too many times we dwell on those rather than all these others in our life who have really sown into our life, who have loved us, and he's used the term into being. Uh, I I had a conversation with someone a little while back, and they're struggling in some areas, and they basically said, "I, I don't have any friends, but this is a problem that they've created themselves because they hold their cards very close to them, and they don't really want to get real with anybody and so as a result they've done this to people over the years but now they're struggling with some stuff and and i could get very little information out of them and so after that conversation i then started to think about my life and the lord just started revealing to me just all these people that i've been blessed with in my life this may sound a little morbid but i started thinking about my pallbearer list right I was actually looking at dad's, um, the little program from dad's funeral and I saw the men who were on there and then there were like some honorary pallbearers and you know, I was just thinking about some of these men that these were lifelong relationships to dad and he loved them all and, and there could have been more, there could have been a lot more. So then I start taking inventory of like, okay, who are the closest people in my life? And, and, and so I'm just walking through many of which are in this room right now and the list just got longer and longer and longer. Because I've just been blessed with such good people In my life I want to say this to you today If you've been focusing on maybe Who's hurt you Maybe you've been focusing on the person That's let you down You need to step back And maybe you need to turn To see who all God's blessed you with And those who have truly loved you Come on somebody Because we've been blessed, amen See there are people in this church That whenever you've gone through a hard time They've been there for you There's other people in your life, maybe at work as well, but too many times we're just so focused and 90% of our thoughts are about the person that's hurt us. You need to let that person go and focus on who God's given you, who loves you. Amen? But part of loving people is also forgiving them as well. And how many of you know forgiveness has never been real easy for any of us, right? It's never been real easy. As humans, we have a hard time forgiving but I want you to know that's part of the healing process as well you've got to be able to forgive and as the movie progresses just to kind of uh, kind of speed up the movie a little bit Lloyd's father Jerry uh, has health issues now if you're if you're curious um, how did he get hurt Uh, well because maybe it ended up maybe there was a fist fight at a family wedding and so he and his dad were not on good terms because his dad left early and uh, left he and his sister And so, with that said, uh, there was a lot of anger and hatred towards his father. But as the movie moves forward, uh, you're going to see that a good thing really happened, and you'll see the interactions here with him. All right? Go ahead. But you see kind of throughout the storyline that there becomes some reconciliation there. And the writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. It says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root rises up to cause trouble and defile many. We're told to live in peace. Amen. How many of y'all prefer peace? Peace. How many of y'all prefer drama? (laughs) We all prefer peace, right? We prefer it, but we've got to work at it. It takes work to be able to live in peace. Uh, It takes swallowing our pride to be able to live in peace. Come on, that's a hard one at times, isn't it? It takes admitting that we're wrong to live in peace. It takes admitting that maybe we were wrong in the past to be able to live in peace as well. And peace also requires that we apologize at times. Come on now. Y'all, there are some people on this planet, and you know some of them, that will not apologize. They'll kind of skirt the issue, and they'll do some very crafty wording, but some refuse to apologize. You know what that's called? Pride. Peace and pride don't jive. I want you to know that as well. Matthew six fourteen and 15 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. We are told in the Word of God, we must forgive. Somebody say, we must forgive. forgive. And the truth is, based on this scripture, unforgiveness prevents God from forgiving us. Amen? Amen? That's what the Word of God says right there. That's hard truth. But then look at what Jesus said whenever he was teaching his disciples how to pray in Matthew 6 12. He says, And forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin against us. So he's saying, Ask the Father to forgive your sins. Simultaneously, though, you must be forgiving others. We don't just get his forgiveness and not forgive others. It's a two way street, right? We've got to forgive as well. And I want you to know this, whenever we're offended, we have the opportunity to be offended daily. Anybody know that? That's right. And I once heard a really wise man say that we should refuse to be offended. Amen. Is that right? Amen. But I, I want you to know this, whenever you're hurt, whenever you're offended, whenever someone does something that rubs you the wrong way, you want to know the first thing you need to do? You need to forgive. You need to forgive quickly. You'll never forgive if you wait till you feel like it. Right, right. You're never going to feel like forgiven. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, you know, this is a good day to forgive. <laughs> it's just not the way it works. How many of y'all have ever been accused of hurting somebody and you had no intention of doing it? Yes. Come on now. Right. It, normally it's a, you know, so-and-so it's kind of been out of shape. Because you said this, and I'm like, what? You know, they they thought you were directed. No, I wasn't directed. You know what I mean? Y'all have been in those kind of situations before. Maybe at work. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes we say people are just so easily offended. But we're people. And sometimes we're also easily offended. And I found that a large percentage of the time, people don't intentionally hurt us. So it's best to just say, you know what? I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to get offended. I'm forgiving them, and I'm moving on. Right. And just getting on with life and not taking that baggage with me. Amen? Yeah. That's what I choose to do. But resist the poison that the devil's trying to just give you and just stir up in your head and just go ahead and forgive them. And whenever you forgive them, you're going to see God do a healing in you. We're going to see that we have more peace in our lives as well. Let's hit that next scene. How many of you know whenever we're walking through hard times, though, as long as we've got God walking with us, we can deal with anything? You know, he talked about anything being mentionable. It's manageable. And talking about things and bringing them into light can be the start of healing in your life. Um, Anytime we ignore the truth, all it does is just prolong the pain. But y'all, Mr. Rogers, as we talked about earlier, called everyone neighbor on his show. And getting back to where we started, kind of today's teaching, uh, the Bible speaks to us about loving our neighbors. Matthew 22 says this, starting in verse 39, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your what? Neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now we know that the greatest example of love was whenever God gave Jesus his son and he sent them here to earth for us. And Romans 5, 8 talks about this. It says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for each and every one of us. While we were still lost, while we were possibly messed up, when we were headed in the opposite direction than we were supposed to go, God sent Jesus to die for us and to take care of our sin problem. And I just want to ask you, based on what Jesus did for us, coming to earth, he was beat for us, he took nails for us, while he was on earth, he lived a sinless life, he treated people just, well, of course, like God. God. But if he can do all that for us, what's our excuse of of why we can't forgive others? Come on now, why is it that we maybe can't love others or why is it that we can't forgive others? Go on to stand with me if you will. Talking about forgiveness, I, I, I don't know everybody's story in here. I don't know what you've dealt with in your life and you may say, Gene, you really don't have a clue. It's not that easy. You're, you're right. I probably don't have a clue. But the Word of God doesn't change based on your situation. The verses we read earlier about if we want God's forgiveness, then we must forgive others. That's not something that's customizable for your situation. It's what the Word of God says. We must forgive. And by forgiving somebody... I, I, I want you to know this, by forgiving them, it does not approve what they possibly did to you. They may have hurt you in a way that has scarred you forever, you feel like, and it's not saying that that was okay what they did to you, but what it does do is it gives the situation and the person to God so that you can begin the healing process, and that's what we all want, right? How many of you have had wounds from being hurt? Anybody? How many of you just want those wounds healed? Come on now. The first step for that is forgiveness. And even in the movie, we see Lloyd's father just admitting that he was wrong, that what he did hurt and asking for forgiveness. But again, whenever you forgive, we're giving them in the situation to God. And then that's allowing us to move forward in our walk with God. Because if we don't watch it, we can't go forward in our walk with God carrying all that stuff. Come on now. It'll bog us down. And by the way, by forgiving people too, I just want to mention this to you. Maybe there was a relationship there and they hurt you. It doesn't mean that you have to be BFFs again. You don't. There are a lot of relationships that you probably don't need to have. Friendships and stuff because it's not the best influence for you. But you can go to the Lord, you can forgive them, and you can move forward. Amen? Today I want to encourage you, forgive so the healing process can begin in your life. Amen? Let's all just bow our heads just for a moment and close our eyes. Maybe you're hanging on to some unforgiveness towards someone who hurt you. Maybe what they did was devastating. I don't know. But God wants to heal you today. But healing comes through forgiveness. Comes through forgiveness. So today I just want to pray and Come on, just agree with me. Father, we we repent, Lord, today of the sin of unforgiveness. And Father, we thank you for your amazing, amazing grace. Lord, the grace that you poured out on us, Father, and you, you saved us. Lord, you gave Jesus for us, Lord, messed up people. Father, we thank you for that amazing grace. Father, help us to see those, God, who have hurt us. Lord, help us to see that they have the same value in your eyes that we do. God, that they were made in your image. And Father, whatever we feel that they owe us, Lord, we release that right now in the name of Jesus. God, we release it right now. And God, if there's any consequences, Father, Lord, it's in your hands and it's not in ours. Father, we give them to you right now, Father. Lord, we bless them and God, we'll commit, Father, to continue to bless them, Lord, Father, until our hearts are healed, in Jesus' name. Father, we bless those, God, who curse us and spitefully use us, Lord, just like what your word says. Father, we pray that you do for them, Lord, just like what you did for us, Father. Lord, we didn't deserve it. Lord, they don't either. But God, that's what we pray for in their life, God. Lord, we speak healing right now, Father. Lord, I speak life, Father, to this group right here. Father, because of the decision, Father, to forgive, Lord, those who have hurt us. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And if you thank the Lord for what he's going to do in your life, can you give God some praise today? Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.